Let's put a smile on that face. <laughs> Welcome, geeks, to a Streaming Geeked Out, the one podcast forged in the negative zone. And today, guys, it's an awesome time to have this awesome guest with me here, uh, Eric Kloss, who is a talented artist, talented artist, and a talented writer as well. Um, Eric, welcome to the show, man. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Um, just to get to know you a little bit here, you are a 2016 graduate from Joe Kubert School. Yes, that is correct. That is a really cool school, man. Thanks, man. It's it's pretty great. Like it was pretty great. Uh, we we toured several different schools trying to figure out what the right choice was for me. And when we went there, it was like this is it. Like yeah. when you go in, it's it's actually um the old Dover High School. It's huh? been like cut in half. So it's this, it says high school on the front, but you go in and there's just like artwork everywhere, uh, Joe's stuff, Adam stuff, Andy stuff, X Men stuff. Like it's it's amazing. Wow. Yeah, everywhere. You know, bathrooms, hallways, everywhere. It's wow. great. It's that's, amazing. That's, that's Super awesome. inspiring. <laughs> Hey Amen. And we're here right now in uh, the Dragon's Lair here, yes. uh, our local comic book shop here in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And thinking this right now, I could not think of a better way to interview a comic book creator at a comic book shop. Yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> this is a great shop. Oh, yeah, man. I love it. Oh, yeah. No, you, you graduated from there. And having, of course, you just needed, of course, a, a good support group with doing that as well because right. you had to move up to New Jersey, right? I did, yeah. So um, I had wanted to do art my whole life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I drew comics as a kid. I was super into uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, X-Men, anything with ninjas. Like, I was all about it. Uh, my parents could not at that time send me to an art school. Um, truth be told, they didn't really think art was a viable career path for me. I can understand that one. <laughs> yeah, so they were like, you know what, like, uh, why don't you do something else? And they just, they, they weren't super supportive of that. Um, so I, I pursued it in a, in a freelance avenue and tried to do it on my own. It's really hard to do that on your own, especially if you don't know people, especially if you've had no real training um so it didn't go very far and it didn't go very well so i worked uh retail uh for about 10 years married had a kid um and it was actually my wife that because i was drawing on i was working a full-time job and drawing on nights and weekends i was entering contests uh here and in japan for for manga and comics um just trying to make something just trying to do something just trying to get better and and develop this craft and my wife was like you know what if you're really serious about this you need to go to school and I was like okay so we did and we we went and checked out some different schools here in North Carolina and and some other states and we ended up going with with the Kubert school it seemed like I would get the closest to where I wanted to be in the least amount of time Mm -hmm. going that way Mm. And, uh, and yeah, I could not have done it, would not have done it without her. Um, she drove me up to New Jersey uh, and, you know, through the snow and we did our, our, our tour 
and it was cool but I was kind of like the other option was uh, UNC Charlotte and um, and I was like well if I go to New Jersey are you gonna come and visit me and she was like yeah probably not <laughs> and I was like alright well if I go to Charlotte are you gonna come visit me and she's like yeah I'd probably go to Charlotte but and she did she ended up coming up I went to New Jersey and she ended up coming up you know a few times and I would come home you know for holidays and summertime of course but I lived up there in student housing for three years to to do this program she stayed here you know she wanted me to do it while my kid was still young enough she thought it would be easier. She's like, when he's a teenager, I want you here. I want you to be able to deal with him. So while he's still a little bit young, you know, now is the time for you to go and, and do this school thing. So that's 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 what happened. And three years later, you ended up graduating. And I did, yeah. And and it started off. You had a co- course had this. Had you always come up with this that certain idea with um, ninjas and robots? Yeah, kind of has always been with yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, when I was when I was a kid, you know, of course, anything with ninjas, I loved it. You know, Power Rangers were great, and essentially, you got some ninjas piloting giant robots, sometimes fighting giant robots. Um, so that was a th- it's a very Japanese thing, mm-hmm. and then too back in the in the early '90s um, there was a lot of censorship uh, on television. So even the early Ninja Turtles cartoon, all the Foot Soldiers, all the Foot Clan, uh, they were robots, you know, because they didn't want to have blood and right, too much right, violence yeah. and all that. So they would <laughs> the turtles would fight <laughs> these robots and then they would explode. And it was I always thought that was really cool. I was like, man. Cool. So I mean, I, I kind of these characters are they're kind of the same as the ones I drew when I was you know 19, 20 years old. When I was in in high school, I was kind of playing with these characters. Of course, their names changed and the story itself changed, but I was already developing them. So they've been drawn a bunch of times um, over the years, and then they finally got to the point to where they are now. Uh, before this particular rendition, I was working on a story called uh, Knife Heart Road, and that is kind of what I called it. But it was kind of like one of those those titles that didn't make a lot of sense to people, mm-hmm. and they would always, well, what does this mean? And so that I would have to, it was cool because I would have to explain what the title meant and all that, but it just seemed like naming it Ninjas and Robots was something people would instantly recognize and they right. would instantly kind of know if maybe they're going to be into that or not. Right. You know what I mean? So it seemed like the way to go. And, it, and it's taken me, I don't know, uh, I think I was doing Knife Heart Road back in 2011 and then I graduated in 2016. And then, you know, even at that point, I didn't really have material. Like I had homework assignments I did in school where I would kind of play with those characters and play with that story a little bit, especially third year when I could, as an assignment, I would do that and have some of my teachers critique it. But I didn't have a lot of content. So even when I started doing the con circuit after I got out of school, all I had was a sketchbook. And it was just like something that I had self-published and printed. It just had some of my character designs and some of the prints that I made. and you know sketches and stuff and i had the idea for the story but i didn't have any comic right so that's kind of what started and people were like oh this is cool and they were like oh are you going to do a kickstarter and i was like i don't know what that is and i wasn't (laughs) planning on it but you know i ended up doing one and and as you know it It, worked out it worked it did yeah it did did. it's cool i got to read um 
Ninjas and Robots number one. Yeah. And it was it was a fun read. And it kind of made me wish like this was something I would have watched when I was a kid back in the day when yeah. I was watching like Fire Rangers or you know Spider Man, all those X Men, you know yeah. Marvel cartoon shows that came on Saturday mornings. Sure. I like this. It would have been more even funner to have this part of my childhood growing up, and it and it has that feel of that, like cool. like something you would have would have watched. Yeah, you know, yeah. And um, and it kind of seems like you're it is. It almost like you said you being a fan of Ninja Turtles, it does have that also that feel of Ninja Turtles, and I'm pretty sure you're like a, a big fan of Kevin Eastman. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. Kevin Eastman is is hands down my favorite artist. Like yeah. you know, I grew up reading his stuff. It was reading those those early Eastman and Laird books that made me want to draw comics. And at the time, they were in the beginning, they were passing everything back and forth, and you didn't know who drew what. But as it went on, there were things that Peter would draw and then things that Kevin would draw and they were separate. And when Kevin would draw stuff by himself, I was like, man, this is, this is it. It's like <laughs> gritty and messy and full of energy and, and I love it. I love it. Yeah. And um, your art is definitely similar to, Ke- to uh, Eastman's stuff. It's got some influence uh, in there. Yeah, yeah. it definitely has a little bit yeah. of influence in there. But was it, in, was it intentional for you to do that style no um it's you kind of absorb things from Mm -hmm. just being a fan you there are particular elements of art or illustration or design um that you enjoy you know in the beginning it's it's something bigger it's something broader it's like a full figure Mm. i love the way this guy's figures look and so you try to mimic that you try to copy that um, and then it gets more specific, and it's like, I like the way these eyes look, or I like the way that this person draws a mouth, or hands, or feet, or whatever it is. And then as it goes on, it gets even more specific, and I really like the way this person does the flick of the line for the ink. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that feathering, I love that rendering technique. And so it kind of, it kind of progresses that way. But you, you enjoy, and you study, and you kind of, um, mimic what you like as you're kind of developing a style and you pull from here and there but you know eventually you can like things but what you actually create when you're in the zone is something else it's something very personal so for me you know it's it's music it's it's the atmosphere it's i don't have comics i have them all around me just like you know this comic shop here my studio looks like this but it's like when I'm drawing, I have, uh, I very much have tunnel vision, mm-hmm. whatever I'm working on and everything else kind of goes away. And so just whatever it is, is, is that's what I'm doing right now. And it's, it's very Zen-like. Oh yeah. Me. Oh yeah. I and totally so, get that. And so, yeah, no, I don't, I don't really <clears throat> think about other people's styles or, or whatever. People come to my booth at Comic-Cons all the time and they're like, oh, this tank girl. Oh. Do you do Tank Girl? Oh, do you like Tank Girl? And it's like, yeah, I love Tank Girl. Like Jamie Hill is an amazing artist, you know. And I, I read Tank Girl, watched the movie uh, back in the '90s. <laughs> like it was great. But I don't reference that when I draw. It's just like it becomes part of you, right. you know, the art. Right. And so it's it's no, I don't, and I don't reference Eastman, you know, a lot. Every now and then, like if I'm doing like something especially if it's like a homage to something that he's done 
uh, for a commission or something, then yeah, I'll go back and I'll look. And he does things um, with like clouds and smoke that I think are really cool. He does these cool lines coming out of. So I, I'll look at some of the shapes and the forms, but obviously when I do it, like it's just gonna be different. So I look at it, but then I put it away and I do whatever I'm gonna do. Yeah. And then some, you know, it's the same with figures, with anatomy, with uh, perspective, yeah. with, with yeah. reference. You you look to it, but you don't sit there and copy, copy it. it. Yeah, yeah. You, you just are like, man, I feel like this doesn't look right. I feel like there's something I'm missing. So you look and you're like, oh, that's right. There's this yeah. bone here, this muscle yeah. here. And so I'm going to do this line to kind of indicate it. But then that's it. Of course. Yeah. You don't want it. Like yeah. I said, you don't want to make a carbon copy no. of what you actually did. No, no, no. This, they already this. did it and they did it better. So <laughs> yeah. just let them have yeah. their thing. And you yeah. Make it's, thing. I would say it's like the next chapter of that type of style. Yeah. Uh, for that. Um, but let's get into um, ninjas and robots, yeah, man. What like what what is it's, well, first off, I'm gonna say this is like the like or, most original thing. Like, granted, yes, it, it kind of reminds me of stuff like Ninja Turtles, like we were saying earlier. Yeah. But it's still like the story itself is original itself. Like it's it's on its own. Like most you you read certain characters or certain writers or comic book creators, they may take on Spider Man or something, and but is but write their own story or whatnot. But these are like completely fresh characters that have i feel like have not been done yet and it's and i, and I think that's really cool but uh just let's how to uh, explain that whole story i guess without i guess spoiling it from for the right, listeners right. here so as, essentially you know you say it reminds you of things that you enjoyed when you were younger um I guess you could say I never really grew up. Like I carried a lot of that stuff with me. So the things that I loved in the 90s and the 2000s, whenever comic books, video games, cartoons, anime, like all that's still in there. And so there's this whole world. And when I created this thing, it was it was World of Ninjas and Robots. It was Wonar. It was always that. But for Ninjas and Robots, the first graphic novel, it was just meant to be kind of like an EP, just kind of like an introduction to these characters, to this world. And they're, they're bits and pieces of people I know, people I knew, they're bits of myself. It's just kind of things that I like, um, whether it's piercings or tattoos or bandages, you know, I'd love I love when in old comic books and in cartoons and stuff when people get battle damaged. Yeah. And there's they're like they're, yeah. they're actually hurt and so they're bandaged up. I love stuff like that. So there's always tons of bandages on everybody and so it was just kind of it was kind of things that I that I liked. Even like their clothes or their wardrobe. It's kind of I tried to make each character their own individual character. Um they all have essentially different colored hair. And it's and it's part of the story though. There's a reason why colors are what they are. So when I first when I first uh, graduated school and I started doing comic cons and I did the sketchbook, um, I knew I wanted to do more with this. And so I actually applied for a local artist project grant, and I was awarded you know X amount of dollars to make X amount of books. Um, I pitched a whole proposal, put it all together did a 10 page sample comic of what it might look like and submitted all this and so they were like yeah this is cool let's do this and so but that was going to be black and white 
right? And so as I'm sitting there and as I'm working this out and developing these characters, like they have, like Yuki has purple hair, yeah. you know, Kai has blue hair, blue, yeah. and there's a reason in the story for the. There's not just oh, the blue yeah, just just how they are. No, yeah, there's a no, reason. There's behind a reason. It, yeah. yeah. So as I'm working, I'm like, man, this has to be in color. This, in order to tell this story properly. Sky and I love black and white. I love the gritty stuff. I love the old Ninja Turtles. Mm -hmm. I love Usagi Ojimbo. I love manga. It's all black and white. You know, it's great. I love it. Um, but I was like, man, this has to be in color. So that is why I did the first Kickstarter. The first Kickstarter essentially just covered this because it's twice as much to print in color versus yeah. black and white. It's not. Yeah, it's not, not cheap. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was like, I was like, that was that was what the Kickstarter was for. It was just to cover enough to actually make it in color, and so then that's kind of what I did. And um, the colors for my book, uh, Katie, uh, is someone that I met um, at East Coast Comic Con up in New Jersey, really soon after I got out of school, and we were just across from each other at the con. She she was working on a web comic called After. Um, kind of like a post-apocalyptic kind of comic. It okay. was really. Um, yeah, I remember reading the Q and A on the yeah, back. Yeah, it was really, it was really painterly and really kind of edgy and kind of gritty. And I love her colors because even the whites aren't really like white. You're right. You know, it's more like yellows and like their cream. other tones. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And so I was like, I was like, all right, I was like, that's cool. And so she's across, and so I just keep looking at at her banner, just keep looking at her art. And then she came over at some point. She was like, oh, I love this stuff because, you know, we had our banners. And she's like, this is cool. And I was like, no, 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 what you're doing is cool. And so we just were talking. And so then basically, yeah, she was like, you know, let me help you do this. And so there you go. It saves me time because I had a deadline for the book, for the first book, for the graphic novel, because she didn't know the characters yet. I did all the flats. Mm. So I did, uh, I did the story, I did the pencils, I did the inks, and then I did flat colors and Photoshop and sent it to her and she did all the renders. Uh, for Wonar, um, where, which is essentially where the first graphic novel drops off, this picks up exactly where, where it leaves. And the plan is uh, we're going to do three issues of Wonar, one, two, and three. Each one has a variant cover. Uh, so the first one is Kevin Eastman. The second one is one of my buddies, um, Pio Ticho, from Japan. Yes. And then, and then uh, the third one is uh, Serdito's Guinea. Hmm. Um, he does a lot of Dragon Ball style stuff. He's he's on Instagram. I think he has a, a yeah, sketch on be, the yeah, back he of does. that. He has, like, like, he has wow, a pinup in there. So he's doing the cover for number three. But we did a Kickstarter for the second graphic novel. Okay. So that's once once that third issue comes out, that's going to be it for the individual comics for a while until we finish that full color graphic novel because the comics are just going to be in black and white. The full color graphic novel that's going to go out to all the Kickstarter backers, and then we'll do the last two issues, single issues for that. Oh wow! Okay. So there's a lot going into it. Um, you know, I'm writing it. There are new characters in the second book, and so I'm developing those, and then and then Katie's coloring those. Uh, for the second one, she's doing all the colors. I'm not flatting it or anything. Yeah. So it's saving me and time. She knows the characters by this point. She knows the right. colors. She's got her own palette. That's that great. She's on. coming back to do all the, the yeah, other books, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And her, I mean, her stuff is amazing. Um, and there's some, there was... You'll be able to see, like, especially in the next comics, because it's just me. Mm -hmm. You'll be able to see kind of what it looks like, yeah. just black and white, and then how much she actually puts into it. it when she does the colors. It's, her shading and how she—it's amazing. It's amazing. I know. It's really good. I was I like, know. wow, this is really—it it just 
it pops. Yeah. It really pops. Yeah, all the highlights and all the things that she does really just it gives it so much depth. It just very close to like real realism yeah. a little bit to how she kind of mm-hmm. just shades into the you know the skin of how mm-hmm. they might be over a shade or like under a tree and just yeah. how she just lightly puts the it's it's really the good. light the lighting she chooses and and i told her and we had this conversation she's very thoughtful she's very she's very great to work with and she's always sending me stuff and asking me for feedback asking me if i want anything changed and i i tell her you know just do what you want and make it look cool it doesn't have to be accurate it doesn't have to be correct i know the sun comes up on one side of the earth and goes to the other and so the lighting <laughs> changes throughout the day yeah. you know and it depends if you're inside or out i was like but just make it make it look cool you know uh andy kubert one of my teachers he would show us uh roughs and and layouts that he did and he would a lot of times do lighting that would come from the action or the weapons oh, wow. so if there were two swords clashing i mean it's not a real light right. source but the light would come from there and everything behind the characters would be sh- and it was just so cool looking it's like you know what you can you can do what you want you know to be and a fly on the wall when he was teaching that stuff that would have been really awesome right? it was really cool <laughs> it was really cool we learned a lot but yeah so she's great to work with and she's doing she's doing all the colors for that and um i don't remember what the question was <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how it got here. It, 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 you pretty much covered it, man. Okay, you good. pretty much covered it and, and more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, but also it's a when I was reading the first book, it I got that feel of it being a world. Like, yeah. It you were creating this world on cool. it, and I, and I love stories like that. Um, one comes to mind. I don't know if you remember Keanu Reeves, um, Constantine. Yeah. It had that type of world feel, like there was a history behind that sure. stuff. It made it seem like it, there had been previous movies before mm-hmm. that, but only that was just that one shot, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And reading this, that there is like there is a lot more to this. There so, is. It, so how big is <clears throat> Wonar? It's huge. How, yeah, it's it, it literally is the world. There's there's so many characters, and only some of them were introduced in the first graphic novel. There's so many characters, and I and I try not to overwhelm the reader by putting too much in at one time right and i'm going to kind of bring this stuff about but there's so much history for even the main characters to get where they are i mean yuki has her own story but they all do Mm -hmm. so kai has his own story shosuke has his own story ichi has her own story and they all tie into these other characters and these other things that are all going to come about in later issues and so there's a lot and so just trying to pace it you know till it Till it gets to the place where I can comfortably reveal that information mm-hmm. without just, you know. No, yeah, I totally get that. I totally yeah, get, yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally so get it's, that. It, you know, that in itself just takes so much plotting and planning. And uh, even for the first issue, um, I redid it. This might be the third time. Mm. So I actually um, started the story further on in the future. And I was like, no, 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 I need to go back to the moment that it drops off in the graphic novel, I need to go back. You know, I was going to hint to it later yeah. in flashbacks and yeah. stuff, but I was like, no, nah, I need to go back I, I mean, and start from there. And so it's just, so I have the set, you know, I yeah. have all these pages and stuff drawn, but it's just trying to figure out what moments are the best moments, moments to put to actually really, up. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it, it, there's no need to actually, like, rush that at all because, like, look at Kevin Feige. It took them 10 years to form out the Infinity Saga. Yeah, yeah. And he yeah. did it masterfully well. So, right. it, to see you do something like that, that I mean, that of course, 
take your time with it. Make sure I mean every piece is going where it needs to be. Right, right. You know? yeah. And that's and that's what you're doing. And I, that's I think that's really cool. I think and like I said, it's a huge world and I love yeah. that. There's like this this world building that you're making here. And I, I'm excited to see how this actually all unfolds, man. Awesome, man. It, yeah, it's kind of I kind of wanted to make a world almost like in in a video game, like almost like Breath of the Wild where you want to go there, you want to hang out. Um, of course, this world is a lot different, but you want to go there, you want to hang out, you want to be part of that, you want to kind of enter into that. That's something that I wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, and so that's that's kind of been the, the journey. Yeah. So. Um, <clears throat> and is like you said, you mentioned there was other characters. I think you're having other characters from other creators coming into this. A little this bit, yeah, 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 I am. So uh, one of my buddies, uh, Chelsea from uh, Instagram, um, Chelsea Gracie, uh, she created this character called London, right? Mm. And so she and I were um, collaborating on something. I think she did some art in that book too. She did a pinup of Yuki for me and we did an art trade. But so I did her character London and she did Yuki and, uh, and we swapped, but I love her character design so much. I was like, hey, can I take that character and put it on uh, Kai's t-shirt? Can I put it on one of my characters? And she was like, oh yeah, for sure. And so I did. So the back of his shirt says London, her character's name. Wow. And the front, the front <laughs> of his shirt is her character. And uh, so yeah, it's just, but there have been little things like that where, where I'm trying to bring in other things. Um, I did uh, for my, my Japanese friend, uh, Kyoticho, he's he's uh, created this character, um, Bonnier, right? Yeah. And so it's really great character, really funny, really interesting. And so he's got his own, you know, comics that he's doing over there, his own indie stuff, his own stories. And uh, we've we've been talking for a while and, and just kind of going back and forth. And he asked me to do the English um translation for that book and i mean he already did it like in english and so i just kind of proofread it and, mm -hmm. like fixed some things and i kind of compared the original because all of his comics are bilingual so they're japanese and english and so i kind of tried to compare some of the japanese to the english to try to get as close yeah. to the meaning as possible which i don't really speak japanese <laughs> so there was a lot of tool use to try to right. uh, develop that but i did the english for him and um and that book is available on my website i did but end up picking that one up too as well so <laughs> did you like it i haven't read it yet okay, but okay, I will okay. Be, yeah. yeah yeah let me know let yeah. me know it's like the story is it's, the characters are so it's the same kind of thing it's like a lot of like you were saying a lot of people just kind of reuse the same yeah. kind of generic character his characters are not generic at all yeah they're great so but because i did that then uh in the second issue in Wonar number two which hasn't come out yet um, he did three pages of comic. He did the variant cover for it, and then he did three pages of interior comic, where it's kind of a dream sequence where um, my character kind of enters into dreams. Hmm. And so my character enters into the dream of his character, and so there's three pages of them just kind of hanging out. That's cool. And it's it's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. Like, the art he did on it is just it's beautiful. I can't wait to, to show people that. But, yeah, just little things like that, you know. Um, the the comic scene in itself is pretty small like it seems big but everybody kind of knows everybody yeah. like it's it's pretty small um and the indie comic scene is even smaller and so a lot of us are just trying to do this thing just trying to make some stuff 
and it really it's really cool to just kind of connect with some other creators mm -hmm. and the way i look at it is i'm making this stuff regardless like this is self-published creator owned stuff I'm making it it's getting made if you guys want to hop in on this go for it you know what i mean because the more of us in the boat the, the, the more merrier yeah you know? exactly and so that's kind of how i feel and i try to open up chances for people to do variant covers or pinups or little mini comic parts to, to yeah. kind of go in these things just so that we can all just kind of get oh, our yeah. stuff out there the same with here is my podcast here is that i i fully support other people what they do with their content yeah. whether it's not the same of mine or not it could be completely 180 version of my my, my uh, content yeah but to know that you're trying to do that i want to support that right you know? yeah so exactly it, the more to marry so yeah. i usually at at times i would ask you know if they want to have like a promotion or like an ad yeah let me know i could put that on my show sure and you know put in some kind of intermission on the, my podcast and yeah, yeah. The more exposure the better for you that's as well cool. so yeah yeah so i totally get that man that's what it's like man you know and anytime you do enough comic cons in general and especially yeah. ones here in north carolina you see a lot of the same people over and over, same creators yeah over and over and so a lot of these guys and and, and gals you know, I know them and, and like, you know, we hang out a little bit and, and it's cool. And so I try to jump in on their stuff. They jump in on my stuff and we're all just trying to make stuff. And, you know, it's, it's a good time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. So what's next for the Interstate Ninja? Uh, well, the main thing is to get this second graphic novel out there. Okay. Like we want to do that. Um, we've got some, we got some shows coming up. We've got Fayetteville Comic Con uh, next weekend. Yep, we'll be I'll, there. I'll uh, be there as well. We'll be doing the Brick City Comic Con in Sanford uh, the weekend after that. Oh wow! And then we'll be at Bull City uh, in Durham on uh, on the 9th and tenth um in awesome. november awesome. and so Kevin Eastman will be there. Jim Mafood will be there. Uh, there's going to be a lot of really great artists there and so we'll see what happens we're, we're gonna have some um some special con edition copies of oh, the kevin sweet. eastman cover uh that we're gonna unveil for the show there's gonna be some um some bot head t-shirts going around there's gonna be some some fun stuff that we're doing we're gonna be doing raffles giving away some original art uh some of the original pages for the comic and you know different things like that so you know we're just trying to do stuff and, yeah. uh, and make stuff. And and then the ultimate goal is, is yeah, the second graphic novel, uh, the Kickstarter has been uh, a little over a year. And so people are waiting to get that book. And this next, this next line is gonna be, this next part of the trip is gonna be pretty fast. Okay. So volume number two is gonna come out pretty quick. And then number three, right after that, there's gonna be a little break. Uh, we're gonna release the second graphic novel and then there'll be the single issues for four and five. Uh, we're talking about the possibility of, of pitching uh, the first book, uh, some some comic book publishers and oh. just kind of break that down into yeah. single issues and get it into comic book shops because it's a lot easier for people to get into a story if it's a small book versus mm -hmm. being a trade. Big, yeah. So, you know, we're, we're doing that. We're doing lots of, lots of different things and um of course i always do private commissions and and other things so we, we stay pretty busy speaking of commissions well you also have a variant coming out for ninja turtles i do number 100 number 100 number the 100. first 100 issue yeah. of ninja turtles i never yeah. thought that they hit i thought they've hit 100 by now but Apparently not. That's no. Uh, so when Eastman and Laird were doing it back in the day, I think, you know, they did the first bit 
right? Mm -hmm. And then they had their City at War arc, which was I think right around issue number fifty. Mm -hmm. And that's they kind of they kind of left it for a while because there was so much turtle business going on. And then they came back to write and illustrate and kind of work on that bit of the story. And they kind of went away from it again. And then yeah, with uh, IDW's relaunch, which has has been absolutely amazing mm -hmm. to see. Um, yeah, they're finally just getting to a hundred. Find to a hundred. That's crazy. It is. But yeah, we do. We have a Dragon's Lair exclusive edition cover. It's only available uh, on my website, or you can pre-order it here in the shop. Um, and then we'll have whatever is left over, if there's any left over, at some conventions and stuff until they're gone. But yeah. super limited print. I'm uh, super happy to be part of that. Yeah, man. It's really cool to kind of put. My Almost spin. like a full circle for you I a know, little bit. Right? Just a little yeah. full circle that yeah. somebody who inspired you, you get to do yeah. a cover for their, their book. Characters. Yeah, and so that was that's super cool. So like his original characters, right, that he created back in the day, like I did the cover for Turtles One Hundred. He did the cover uh for my Wonar number one for mm -hmm. me. So to see like his ink work on my original characters yeah. and for me to draw his which, you know, and have it, not just draw it as, you know, in my sketchbook or as a fan, but actually have it published by IDW and out there. It's huge, man. Yeah. It's, for me, it's, it's huge. That's a so. big, that's a huge win for you right there, yeah, man. I'm super and, I'm, and I'm happy yeah. for you, man. I yeah. thought that was really cool. Really cool. Um, what's, have you, at, I'm pretty sure you have, like, talked to Kevin Eastman? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's he like? What, what? He's the coolest dude ever, man. He's super, super chill. Like, yeah. He's just, He's very giving. Hmm. Um, when I when I graduated from the Qbert School, I was very fortunate to be uh, gifted the opportunity to just for my wife and I to hang out with him and his wife at his table at a con up there in New Jersey, and just kind of assist. So like I just ran the line and stuff like that. But through the course of that and through the course of that weekend, you know, I, I got to talk to him. Um, he took a look at some of my art and. Uh, it was just, it was amazing. Like, yeah. It was amazing. But watching him interact with fans, even though he is Kevin Eastman, co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, watching him interact with fans was so cool. He's so giving. Mm. You know what I mean? And so even though there's this huge long line, like he tries to take the time yeah. for everybody. He's very grateful for where he is. And he, he respects the fans as being the ones that got him in that position. Right. You know, so he's very, very giving, and and it's super cool to just watch him sit and draw with sharpies with no pencils, <laughs> and just like, man, this, this guy's amazing. But he is, he's he's just chill. He's very nice. His wife is amazing. Yeah, like they're just great, great people. Good people, and it makes you want to support them even more. Yeah. you know, whatever it is, buy a t-shirt, buy a print, buy some books, sure, man. get a sketch. You know, <laughs> just uh, get in line to get something signed. It's really, it's really cool experience. Mm. All right, man. That that's that's really awesome, dude, man. Yeah, well, you're gonna see him, right? You're going to? Are you going to Bull City? I'm going to try to. I'm Should definitely go. going to try to. Go. It's a two day show. Two -day uh, show. Even if you can go just one day. All right, but I'm. I definitely will be seeing you at Fable Comic Con next weekend for yeah. sure. I'll be yeah. there. Cool. Because you have a panel. I do. I have a panel on Saturday at three thirty. Uh, me and Wally, uh, Wally McNair, and uh, Jeff, uh, will be hanging out. We'll be talking about indie comics and. Just our journeys, we, we each kind of do a little something different. Mm -hmm. um, Wally and I, Wally's an amazing dude. We have a, a lot in common. Um, his Skull Kids, I don't know if you picked that up yet. But it's a great, great book. Um, and so it, it'll be cool. Like his 
but his road to get to where he is is very different from my road to get to where I am. And same with Jeff. Like his road to get to where he is has been has been very very different. Of course, I and mean I don't think anybody's journeys could be the same way. No. As I mean you have to figure out your own way, of yeah. course, to get to where. But yeah, you got yeah. it. We mm-hmm. all follow the same star, but we all go different yeah. ways to kind of get there. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of which, for those aspiring comic book creators out there, if there was one right here next to you and they're trying to figure out how to do what you're doing and get their stuff out like that. What would be your advice to them? What would you say to them? If you want to make comics, you have to make comics. Mm -hmm. And I know it sounds simple, Mm -hmm. but it's not. And it sounds like, you know, just an easy answer, but it's not. It's super hard. It's super easy well, it should be easy if you love to draw to sit and you need to draw every single day. You know, keep a sketchbook, draw on it, keep a record of your progress. But to actually come up with a story or even tell one that someone else has written sequentially in a clear way with X amount of panels per page, X amount of angles, shots, etc., is very difficult. And so a lot of people want to make comics, but then they don't make comics. They they draw pinups, they mm-hmm. do posters, they do they do other things. And so if you want to make comics, you should make comics. Like yeah. it's a very it's a very specific thing. It brings in all these other elements, but you kind of have to focus on that if that's what you want to do. Right. So that's kind of what I what I've done. You know, it's just kind of just trying to draw sequentially and tell a story, you know, that's bigger than myself with characters that I want people to either love or hate. But that's kind of that's kind of what you got to do. Yeah. You know, um, and it, it's again, it sounds easy, but like, you know, they're gonna say, "Oh yeah, that's right," and then they're gonna, you know, watch TV or, uh, you know, sketch, but not actually tell a story. Like, tell a story. It needs to be a sequential story and practice doing that and it's it's hard it's very hard <laughs> but stick to it man yeah, yeah stick and, that, and, and that's the most important thing is is just whatever it is whatever it is you want to do absolutely you can do it but you can't do it if you give up mm-hmm. you know, don't don't ever give up don't ever stop trying don't ever stop persevering because that really and truly makes it up to that moment and i think that's something you know especially in today's day in this day and age we want everything now we want it instant instant, gratification you got it yeah and it just doesn't it doesn't happen like that you Mm -hmm. know even though i went to the Hubert school you know i graduated three years ago and like my career is not full-blown like it's not where i would like it to be um and there's so much more that i want to tell story-wise even with the story itself there's so many more books i want to put out there there's so much more i have to say but it, it takes time it does. to do that. It does. You know? it does. So it's probably going to be another three years before, <laughs> before I have enough out there for people to say, wow, this is, this is the whole world. That's cool. So. But, you know, it, that's the beauty of it all. When Once you see your stuff, your hard work put into yeah. and put into it and finally get to see it, it makes it more worthwhile. It does. It really it, does make it worthwhile. More it while. absolutely does. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, that's it, man. That's all I have for you. Eric, this has been a absolute pleasure having you on the show, man. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. I didn't even think I was going to have 
able to have to because I thought you was going to be like super busy got no time like got to do this and got to go but it's awesome you actually took time to actually come here and uh, got to learn a little more about you and I hope nothing but the best for you for this stuff and hopefully to have you on back on here later on yeah yeah when we get that second book out, man, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk oh, yeah. about some talk about some other stuff too. Yeah, um, people can follow me um, online, Instagram yeah. at Interstate Ninja, or my website online is interstateninja.com. Go check him out, guys. He's a talented, talented artist and writer, man. So this is it. That's all I got for you guys. And again, Eric, thanks for coming, and see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.